Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you are looking for. Welcome to today's show, and today we're going to be talking about authenticity. Discuss things about just being yourself and let people like you for who you are or not like you for who you are. And remembering it's okay to laugh at yourself and no one's perfect. I'm Coach Jay, and I'm here with my co-host, Shruti Sadana. Hey, guys. So, yeah, I would say being authentic is being the truest, most purest version of yourself. And that doesn't necessarily mean that people are always going to like you and you have to be okay with that. I think going into situations, you have to ask yourself instead of, is this person going to like me? You have to ask yourself, am I being the most authentic version of myself? And if I'm not, how can I be more of that? What do you say, Jay? What would you say to that? Oh, definitely. It's being yourself. Um, you'll hear, you hear that phrase when people say, I mean, keep it real and this and that. So if, if you're working at being authentic, you're not being authentic. If you okay. have to work at it, it you're putting up a, a persona or and a false image of, of who you really are. I mean, authenticity is going to come out naturally. And, and with that, you're not going to have necessarily multiple personalities, but a lot of people are into and more than one thing. And so just because I might go to church every Sunday, but I also play in a metal band, when my metalhead friends see me dressed up in my nice suit or the people from church see me and rocking out on my guitar or my drums or bass, it doesn't mean you're faking one or the other. And people have different styles and things that they're involved in. And that, that doesn't take away from you being authentic. Oh, absolutely. I think that when we go out and we do something, if it fulfills us and we feel alive and we feel good, to me, that's being authentic. To me, being not not authentic is when you have to try and bring your A game, like in a situation when you're going to an interview or you're going on a date. Sure, you want to make an impression, but you're more worried there about what the other person thinks that you're not tuning into yourself and just being present. When you're present and you're relaxed and you're in the moment, I feel like that's when you're being most authentic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, just being yourself at all times, if if you have to act it out, and like you said, if you're going overboard trying to impress someone, you're not necessarily being you, it's going to be hard to keep that up. And especially if you're, and to go back and using those two extreme examples of someone that goes to church and someone that might listen to metal music. And so now you're acting one way for this group and one way for that group. And all of a sudden you might meet one of those outside of that environment and you forget which way you were acting for that one and you could screw everything up. Definitely. Definitely. That game is going to come to an end and that's not what you want. You have to think about, you know, does this fulfill me? Does this make me happy? Can, do I feel comfortable being myself around these people? And if the answer is no, then perhaps it's time to check in and ask yourself why. And it's most likely because you are not being the most authentic version of yourself. You're putting on a persona that you think people want. And like you said, then it's hard to keep that act up because you're doing exactly that. You're acting. Right. Yeah, it's definitely 
if you are yourself at all times, you're not going to get it wrong. I mean, you, you have to be who makes you happy and then the people around you and will hopefully like what they see and, and who they get to know and, and be part of your life. And not, not everyone blends. I mean, it's not always a perfect match. I mean, there's people that just don't get along and that doesn't mean you're wrong or they're wrong and you can't, you can't please everyone and just being yourself and making yourself happy with who you are is the most important. And then the right people will connect with you at the right time. Absolutely. I am a big believer in, you attract what you are. So thinking of being a person who has evolved throughout time, I've noticed, especially in my life when I was younger, the type of people that I would attract, whether it was bullies or people that I was trying to impress all the time. And then at a certain point later on, like years later, when I finally got more in touch with who I am, like who I want to be, heart-centered and just being completely authentic regardless of what anybody thought I started noticing I would start attracting people who were on a similar vibration as me effortlessly because that's the energy I was putting out even if it was unconscious so you have to check in with yourself because if you're in an environment with friends so-called friends or maybe they are your real friends you have to ask yourself can can I tell this person this thing about myself like, if I'm passionate about dancing, I want to start this new hobby. If you feel hesitant to tell someone else that, that you're close to, then it's time to ask yourself some questions. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you have people in your life that know you for who you are and accept you for who you are, you should be able to be open with most things. I mean, again, there are, we all have different circles that don't overlap and you see you see those stereotypical names like in in the high school groups you either have your band geeks or your dumb jocks and it's those those are those terms that you see in like pop culture movies and in my case i was a band geek and i was a jock and so i might not not necessarily talk about my sports stuff with my musician friends and i might not talk about my musical stuff with my athlete friends, because those, a lot of times those groups don't blend. I do have a small pocket and you see those things all the time where you see the diagram with the multiple circles and in the center, the circles overlap just a little. And I do have friends of mine that are musicians and also athletes or are predominantly athletes, but also might play music. Uh, so there are times where not revealing certain parts to you doesn't mean you're not being authentic. It just doesn't pertain to that group of people that you're with. Oh, yeah. I think you can definitely have different groups of friends that you hang out with with different interests. I just think when you have to question something or when you hesitate, just saying something which feels authentic to you or you want to say something that's on your mind, but then you're hesitant because you care about what the other person thinks or what they're going to say, that's what I mean by are you hanging out with the right people? Because if there's a hesitation of saying, and it could be two different people with two different interests, that's totally fine. But when there's that hesitation of like, oh, should I say that? Should I not say that? What do I do? I feel like that's, to me, that's not the best sign. Because with people that you love and they love you for who you are, 
And again, like I said about being present, when you're just being present, you're not really thinking about when you're, what you're saying when you're with your best friend, right? You're just talking back and forth. You're not, you're just in the moment with them. So you're responding and they're responding to you and there's not a hesitation. So you're being completely authentic because when you're present, then what else are you doing? But when you're not being present, that's when I feel like the, you're not, being sincere, not necessarily not sincere, but you're questioning something. So I'm not sure if that's the type of person you should surround yourself with if you have to hesitate. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying. I think in some cases it is avoiding confrontation. I mean, you take some of the biggest topics oh, and, yeah. and 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 we just went through one of the biggest ones and I hate politics so I'll be quick on this one but you take mm-hmm. politics alone within my family I have Trump supporters and Trump haters and, and that's for the most part that's what this past election was it, you were right, either yeah. for or against Trump it wasn't necessarily for or against the other guy it was that was the dividing line and I very rarely said anything in terms of politics uh, I have one uncle who was on one side or the other, and when he would make a comment, uh, he's a big Frank Zappa fan, and so am I. If the, somehow there was a relation to a Zappa song, I'd put a little quote up or, or something like that just to to go along with it in a playful way. But I mean, So those are some of those things where you'd want to be authentic, but you know if you jump into the politics things or into the gun control things or the abortion topic or any of those topics, sometimes it's it's worth biting your tongue than to show your authentic feeling on those. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Like, who cares what anybody else thinks? Because at the end of the day, you're still going to think that, right? So whether you say it or not, who cares? No, I think it's, I I think it also depends on the time. I mean, like, like everyone's saying, I mean, do you really want to bring it up at Thanksgiving dinner? And then you have, I mean, 15 people screaming at each other. And so you do have the, the appropriate time to discuss it. And, and sometimes you have to wonder who's who's in that crowd. Who I have a few friends that you can have those great and respectfully disagreeing debates where you can talk and everyone is open-minded and will listen to your side and and then have their and counterpoint and and have it be respectful and peaceful and right. But and, we can frame it in that way, right? So if somebody uh, were to ask you at the dinner table, like, what do you think about this topic? you could say something like, you know, I do have my own opinion on it, but I just want to say first, I don't, you know, I want to say what I feel, but I don't want you to feel like you're being attacked or uh, just because I have a different perspective. I just want to have a peaceful conversation. Can we do that? Because then I'm open to saying what I feel. You can frame it in that way because I understand nobody really likes confrontation, but that can also build up if you feel each time like, oh, I feel like I shouldn't say that. And then one day you're just going to explode if you just hold everything in because you're just bottling it up. Yeah, I I think I'm one that can have those good debates and I can see both sides. And and sometimes I can even support the side that I don't agree with because I, I... I am a very open-minded person. Oh, absolutely. You can say, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I understand your point of view, or I understand that's your point of view. I understand that's your point of view. 
What's wrong with that? Okay, so just because we feel differently about a certain topic, what, we can't talk about it? Right. The world would be so boring, <laughs> right? Definitely. I mean, I politics I know can be a very sensitive subject, but I, if someone were to ask me something, I'm a pretty open person, and if you're asking me a question and you want to know the answer, you should be prepared for my honest answer because you asked me that question. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, when you and I first started talking, I, I pretty much sent you a question on like those four major topi- topics and mm-hmm. political views, gun control views, um, and the whole sex positive type of view and, and stuff like that. And, and you answered them openly and, and gave your feelings on them. And then you asked mine and I, I gave you mine back. Uh, I think we were both pretty much the same as far as politics. We try to avoid it. That was nice and consistent. Um, Definitely. I mean, I remember working on this film. It was a transgender rights film about Jazz Jennings, who was being, well, the story was that she was being bullied because of the bathroom she decided to use and her gender was different on the certificate. And it took place in the South where, you know, there's a different view on that. And I remember when we released the clip or the trailer of the film, someone commented on the Instagram and wrote something really mean, like, uh, oh, like, she shouldn't be transitioning or what's wrong with her parents? Like, what's wrong with her? That's disgusting or something. And I remember losing it. I was so mad. I, like, sent, like, a whole paragraph back. Like, first of all, why does this bother you? Not even you. Who the fuck cares what anybody thinks when it's not your life like it's not your life if someone's being authentic to what feels sincere to them and their path and who they are why does it bother you when it has absolutely no effect on you and i always ask people this i'm like if it doesn't affect you how like you know someone else's life and they're not hurting you or harming you and they're just living their truth in their life being who they are why does that bother you? There's, there has to be something that you must be uncomfortable with yourself or not being authentic with yourself if you are bothered by someone being truthful in their life to what feels fulfilling to them, what feels real to them. Why does it bother you? That's always my question to people. Like, why does it bother you when it has nothing to do with you? If someone's being authentic to themselves, how does that affect your life? If you're harming someone, I get it. Like, I would be like, don't harm anybody. But be truthful to who you are. Everyone's path is their own. I think in some cases, people just like to jump on a controversial topic. I mean, on, on a much lighter side than than that one. And both of my sons, 15 and 12, have long hair. I mean, my, my older son's hair is saying two-thirds the way down his back. And I've had people say, oh, why do you let your kids have? Well, no, I don't let them. I, I am allowing them to be themselves. I mean, so yes. whether whether it's a transgender person, I mean, I'm not exactly. Not, but not, them I, I know it's hair. yeah. So it's the same type of thing. When they say, "Oh, where were their parents? How are they let? Well, how is the parent letting in this person and decide to live their life as the opposite sex? No, their parents have nothing to do with it. They're living their life just like, and like I said, on a much smaller scale. I want my kids to be themselves. I don't. I want them to be authentic to who they are. And if yes. long and long hair is what 
what it is. Now I get the teases. I mean, my father was career military and and police and this and that. So there'll be a, a little comment here and there. Uh, I have a a cousin out in Cleveland that's a cop, and as soon as we walked in the door, the first thing he said to my son, "What'd your father fire the barber?" I mean, so <laughs> we get the jokes and stuff like right. that. But but, but I okay. want them to be themselves, and 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 if that's I'm, I love that, and I have to ask you because I want to ask people this. Who came up with the idea that women are supposed to have long hair and guys are supposed to have short hair? Because back in the day, like George Washington time, everybody had long hair. <laughs> like, right. you know, who who came up with that idea? Where in society, like, who gave this idea that only guys can have short hair, girls can have long hair, and you have to, girls can wear dresses, guys can wear this, boy, blue is for boys, pink is for girls. Who Who came up with this idea? Who? Because I, I want to know who gave well, then you, that then you always see, with that. Then you see the argument that Jesus had long hair. I mean, you'll, exactly. you'll see a lot of people throw that one out there. And again, that's a depiction of him. We don't know how accurate it is because it's probably changed over the years. But I mean, unfortunately, there, there's society things. But it's also cultural things. I mean, because when you go I mean, male, I mean, Native American Indians, a lot of depictions of them are long hair and you go into other cultures and you'll see and styles will usually float into the united states from europe so you'll see it there first and then it comes in the hair so if right all of a sudden right this is probably something that somebody's writing a book but does it resonate with you i feel like and i've talked to you about this before is like what resonates with you so if a guy has long hair and that feels good to him and resonates with him then have long hair. But if you feel like, oh, no, that doesn't resonate with me. I like wearing T-shirts and sweatpants, and I want to have short hair as a guy. Okay, so then do that. That feels good. Don't go against what resonates with you. That's what's Mm -hmm. most important. And I remember watching this video of this um, woman on YouTube, and she said, even when you're watching the news, even when you're going to the doctor, even when you're going somewhere, Sure, maybe people have knowledge and facts in certain areas. Of course, you can't disregard that. But then check in with yourself and ask yourself, well, does that resonate with me personally? And go based on your own answer. If it's a yes, then okay, go with it. If it's a no, then be okay with that too. That's how I see it. That's my own perception and my view on because like you're an open-minded person i'm a very open-minded person too but i am also protective of people that are attacked for example if they're growing their hair long if they're a boy and somebody attacks them i'm the first person that's going to be like what's your problem (laughs) right now how are you and for you to be authentic in who you are how do you carry yourself professionally as an actor if you're given a role that could be that role that that takes you to the next level but the role you're playing goes against your beliefs can you turn off your personal feelings and let your professionalism as an actor play the role or is it hard for you to do if you're if you're playing a a role 180 degrees from how you feel in your heart can you do that well that's a really good question i go with again what resonates with me if i read a script or if i feel that character. I'm like, oh, I really had to play this. This feels right to me. I'm going to do it. 
Sure. But if I read something and I'm like, mm, I don't really connect with this, I'll be honest. I'll be like, you know, I don't personally feel this role is for me or I just won't do the audition because that's me. I have integrity as an artist. I'm not going to just jump on any role. If it doesn't feel good to me, I'm not going to do it if it doesn't feel authentic to me. So if I'm going to do a role, it would probably be to raise awareness on something if it's someone being bullied, but I wouldn't do something that doesn't resonate with me. As the particular role or the overall script? Because like when you look at Friends, supposedly, I mean, Rachel and um, my mind's going blank. My son's going to Monica. Monica. Yeah, they were supposed TV. to be opposite roles. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yes, and then, yes, yes. Yeah, they read for op- opposite roles and then and then switched. And so, I mean, you could go, you could love a script, but you're thinking, I want to be person A, not person B. And all of a sudden you read and the director says, you know what? I really like you as person B, even though you like the story, but you don't resonate oh. with that character. Could you take that character? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, okay. I actually had this situation happen. The last thing I shot, it was a pilot, independent pilot. And I had auditioned for the role of this girl who heard voices in her head. And the director came back and he's like, you know, I'm so sorry. I actually see somebody else for that role, but would you be interested in being the character that's the voice in her head? Like only she can see you, but you know, no one else can. And he told me the background of the story and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Totally. So yeah, that to me was like, okay, this feels, this feels good. And this feels meant to be. So it's more like an intuitive thing. If that were to happen. You were actually playing the the voice not the the yeah, character. Yes, so I was saying the voice. So what's the, like, uh, you can actually see me like so like it's like she has an invisible friend. What so was like, the cartoon with all the the feelings in inside the head? Yes. The, exactly. But inside yeah, no, out, inside out I think that was it. I don't think I saw that. But yeah, so I would definitely play a different role if they offered it to me, if it resonated with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I can do this. But I also want to be honest because I feel like we have to check in with ourselves and, you know, like, um, you can't go, don't ever go against your gut instinct. That's that's my number one role is if you get an eh feeling, go with it. Like, if it doesn't feel right, Like 10, 15 years ago from now when there's a documentary about this election, and whether you're for or against Trump, someone says, hey, we want you to play this role opposite of how you feel about this. Could you go in there? I mean, if you're anti-Trump, could you go in there and act as if you were a Trump supporter? Or would that be like oh, so against you? And so and, and on either side, whether you were for or against or or again, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the one that the movie you did with the, the transgender. So if you all, all of right. a sudden got the role of someone who was anti i mean yes i mean there would be a lot of questions that i i would be asking like what is the purpose of this film who's involved in this and all of that and then also making if i felt like oh okay this character is interesting i want to play her but then i would also be very vocal about my personal feelings that would have been my 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 next question my that would have been my next question do you do you feel that do you feel that you're authenticity as a person gets questioned by the roles you play i 
Don't, you know, I look at actors and I see certain actors that are typecast, for example, like Liam Neeson. And I'm like, okay, well, does he just like roles like that? Or is he just cast in that? Um, And then I see other actors who just play various different roles that are so different, like Mila Kunis. You'll see her in a comedy, then you'll see her in a drama. Or Priyanka Chopra, she's one of my favorite actors. You see her in a comedy, you'll see her in a drama. So I think it's just about, like, specifically what that role is, what that script is. As Like I said, as an artist, you just want to have integrity, and you don't want to just do a job just to do a job, because then you're just like, I'm just doing this to do this, and there's no fulfillment. And, you know, we picked the profession. Going back and kind of touching on everything, um, one of the bands that I grew up with that's still playing is the band Striper. Have you ever heard of them? Mm -hmm. They're a Christian metal band. And so going back to the eighties. So, I mean, I'm 10, 12, 15 years old and I'm starting to listen to this and I'm living with my mother and she's worried about, Oh my God, he's listening to heavy metal and this and that. And I point, (laughs) I point Striper out to her and mention, Oh, they're a Christian band and this and that. And she went to my cousin who was 10 years older than me. And he ensured her that they're, a legit Christian band and this and that. And one of the videos that they had going back to the old school VHS, and it was called in the beginning about the band. And, and Michael Sweet, the lead singer and guitar player was saying how that Christians aren't supposed to play metal. People think, and Christians aren't supposed to have long hair and going back to being that, that kind of typecast that, okay, if you're a Christian, you can't play metal. If you're a guy, you can't have long hair. If you're a Christian, you can't have long hair. And why, why can't these, different feeling these different things cross yet still be authentic so how would you respond to that today like how would you respond to that today if someone was like oh you're in a band that was a christian metal band that's that's not normal or that's that's not conventional or no that can't be possible you're either one or the other how would you respond for me when it comes to music and, and music and acting all forms of art i mean i remember watching one of the talk shows in back, I can't remember if it was like Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and, and unless people are my age and I can remember these people, but it was one of those talk shows and they were talking about to the kids and the father saying, I don't want my son listening to that black music. I only want him listening to white music. And I, I wish I was there when I can say, okay, so you don't want him to listen to black music. So you don't want him to listen to living color and Jimi Hendrix. You want him to listen to vanilla ice and Eminem. Right. And and so Jimi Hendrix, Living Color are playing rock metal guitar, yet they're black. And Vanilla Ice and Eminem are white in their rap. So what is black music and what is white music? And there is right. there is none. So I mean, same thing with that. Where so it's you ignorance. Be, it's right. ignorance. Ignorance or lack of open mindedness. I mean, just being just being stuck on that one view that. That, that that's it. You you got that pinhole look at at life and at the world, and you can't see anything other than your perspective. Do you think though that has to do with the environment that someone grew up in and how they were raised? It can definitely play a role in it. And uh, because if you very, saw your very much so acting that way, and then listening to certain types of music, and then telling their kids like, oh, you could you should only listen to this type of music. Do you think that's going to influence them when they they're grown-ups and they have to come up with their own views and opinions? Do you think that has an influence in how they're going to act? 
I think it can go one or two ways. If you push too hard, it could influence them to go the other way in that rebellious type way. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can get them to where they've just became that cookie cutter carbon copy. I mean, you're going to be a mini me and then your kid's going to be a mini you and then your kid's going to be a and without that growth where, and I, I did have long hair, nothing like my, my sons, but and <laughs> if I said, nope, guys have to have short hair. Well, I mean, not that that's necessarily going to change their personality, but I, I am stunting their their Hot creative head. their creativeness, whether it's mm-hmm. and creative with music or the way they want to look or the way they want to dress. Yeah, and, I think that you just letting them do what feels good to them. That I feel like when we're and I've learned this, you know, in my program between. When you're born till I think when you're about nine, seven to nine years old, your programs, you're making your programs. So what you're seeing in your environment and you're picking up on everything, whether you're conscious of it or not. That's why a lot of people will say I had trauma in childhood. But they don't remember it because everything in your environment, you're absorbing. So when you're grown up, there are certain things that are going to trigger you or you're going to respond to certain situations like racism or listening to certain types of music is because of something that's been embedded in your mind because you yourself grew up thinking a certain way because of the environment you were in. I personally believe that. I believe that your environment is more more powerful than anything else, especially as a kid. Yeah, I I agree with that. and my my parents divorced when I was young, so I grew up with my mother. I and mean, I I visited my father on weekends, I and mean, that typical format that you'd see with divorced parents. And I would say I have the both the blessing and the curse of learning and having extreme emotions from my mother. I and mean, my my mother, I mean, through her life, showed her emotions more. I would say than my father. Um, and I'd say he probably shows them more now, um, whether that became a comfort thing or he learned them. But I, I definitely have, I'm an emotional person. I mean, you saw our first Instagram live. Yeah. You, had, you asked that question. I, I have no problem showing my emotions. And like I said, I, I like that I can show my emotions because that, that goes back to being authentic. That, right. I mean, you get the, I mean, again, using that stereotypical term of the, the macho guy that I mean, guys don't cry and this and that. And and it's who came up with that I, like exa- right. again my question is who came up with that and, and well then you see the other ones i mean real men cry and real men wear pink and this and that and i mean all those they're kind of like that counterculture statement just to whether they have to say it to justify things i mean i and, think and, we personally just have to look at each other as human beings like you are another human being you are here, you have emotions, you have eyes, you have ears, you have a lifespan, I have a lifespan, we have a body that we're in, excuse me, I think if we saw each other that way, honestly, I think that would shift things, if we just saw each other as another human being, as another spirit, another soul, rather than giving labels like male or female, because if you think about it, and this is a fact, you and I both have masculine and feminine energies. You're still a male, but you have both. I'm right. female. I still have both. So 
what there's that balance again in the yang so what really is different about anybody hey guys just want to take a quick break for a quick sponsor i'm actually going to promote shruti's book connecting to your consciousness power shift rituals for success i picked up this book and while we're on the topic of being authentic um, while I'm still in the process of reading this, this definitely shows how authentic my co-host is. And I definitely highly recommend this. Again, connecting with your consciousness, Power Shift Rituals for Success by Shudi Sadana. And you can pick this up on Amazon. Well, I see that going back to like the the athlete side of it. You'll you'll see I mean the I, I see athletes. And in the rec leagues, all the leagues were co-ed. So it's not like I have my boys that play in the soccer team and my girls that play on the soccer team. I have my soccer players. And and when when I coached at the high school, I am the, the first girl to play for the school. I mean, we told her she came out freshman year that, okay, you can come out for the team. You get no special treatment. You're going to do every lap. You're going to do every push-up. You're going to do every sit-up. And and mm-hmm. we ran her into the ground. She ended up with shin splints and had to drop off the team freshman year. Sophomore year, she came ready. And by midway through senior year, I gave her a captain's armband. And because she worked her tail off. And she and she was and one of the guys in personality. We didn't need to and tone things down for her, reduce the laps and this and that. And she had and 17 big brothers on the team. So if anyone cheap shouted her, they they it wouldn't have been good for them. But but she she was an athlete. She was a soccer player. She wasn't treated different. Um, and you're starting to see that more now. I mean, I know like the, the women's national team is fighting for equal pay and, and stuff like that. And, and when you look at what that team does in this country and how they sell out stadiums just as much, if not more than the men's team, why aren't <laughs> they getting equal pay? Uh, I was just watching a, a documentary about the first female to win uh, the Ballon d'Or, which is the best soccer player uh, in the world. Um, I think it's more in, in Europe. And she was saying how in America, we we look at our female athletes better than the rest of the world. They they are praised. I mean, you mentioned and a majority of that U.S. women's soccer team. And even if you don't follow the sport, you'll recognize the names because they are in pop culture. They're, they pop up in commercials or they're in and show show up on TV shows and guest appearances. Um, where in other countries, the female athlete is kind of pushed in the back or in, in the shadows, and they don't support them as much. Yeah, and you gave this girl a chance to be just as good good as anybody else on the team, you know. And sure, of course, she fell down a couple of times, but she became champion. She she made it happen because she had said it in her mind, right? Her intention was to be just as good as every single person on the team. Right. So why are we still going through that today? Why do you think we're so, you know, especially with athletes, like you said, the men and the women, them fighting for more equal pay, why do you think that's still happening today? I think some of it just goes back and not right or wrong, but just history. I mean, you still see, and in the NFL, I think they have to, when they, a job interviews, they, or opens up for interview, they have to interview 
a certain amount of african-american coaches they have to and it's like you you have to at least speak to to whatever the number is two or three even if you don't if even if you know hey i'm hiring and mr smith and i know that's who i want you have to go through the motion so one why fake it and go through the motions and why why do it just to look good why not again go back to make it authentic and hire people and the the florida marlins just hired the first female general manager in major league baseball history i I forgot what basketball team it is but they have a an assistant coach we're starting to see there's a female nfl official and so you're starting to see them pop up here and there Um, and it's just i think it just goes back to history when i marched in a drum corps in in a local town there was Oakville Watertown was one drum corps. Go back to like the 60s, the two directors argued, one director left, started Westbury Drum Corps. So now we go into the 90s and I'm marching with Westbury Drum Corps, but some of the old guys were still connected to when the corps split. And there were kids that didn't talk to each other because, oh no, we're not allowed to talk to them. They're from the other corps. Because three generations ago, your great grandpa fought with his great grandpa and you're not allowed to talk anymore. And so it, sometimes I think it is just, it's taught and going back to, in our mind. and I have a, a picture of, of a wedding that I, I never took down. Uh, unfortunately, it's a friend of mine. She, she got divorced, but it was a lesbian wedding that I went to. And one of my best friends, I don't, I, I told you I'm emotional. Weddings don't usually choke me up. This one I got choked up at. Um, cause I, I, cause I, I saw her grow up. I saw the troubles she went yeah. through when she was younger and how she, and made her life better. And, and my son saw the picture and we were watching something on TV. And I think it had to do with a same sex couple and, and someone like picking on him or whatever. And my son, but why, what's the difference? Well, I mean, like he genuinely wondered what the big deal was because he's, he's seen my friends and he's seen and same thing with race. I mean, he's like, but why, what's the difference? Um, exactly what is the difference i love your son he's so smart no he's right though like what is the difference i mean even on applications today and this this annoys me personally why are you asking me what my race is like why is there even a box for that like who cares see if i'm qualified i go for an application job application see if i'm qualified for the job why why do you care if i'm black white hispanic indian like what difference does that make well, there was in, also in gender. The there was someone was saying on some kind of application. I don't remember which one. There's like 73 different genders that you can pick. What? Really? Yeah, because when you go and, and I don't know them all, and I don't want to offend gender, anyone. 73 I, I, I don't. I, I don't want to offend anyone if I mix them up. But I mean, obviously, you have male, and oh, then you have, and then I you have, and then about. you have female, and then you have. And was it non-binary? Male, non-binary. And, then they, and yeah, and and there there's yeah. like the different combinations, and it's. I mean, to me, if you if you really need to put something up there, put male, female. I prefer not to answer. Just like race has a prefer not to answer one. I mean, because when we start throwing everything in there, I mean, it's. What what is the difference? Put, like, I mean, other human, 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 human. Like that's what the box. Are you human? But, Are you an but alien? I, <laughs> but I think some of that is to track history. 
to go back so they can look and, okay, are we progressing? And are, when we say we want to get and the gender gap closed or the race gap closed, and, and we say we're doing that, are we being authentic and saying we're doing that? And it, unless people are checking those boxes off, we'll have nothing to compare it to from 5, 10, 20, 40 years ago. So by oh, yeah. checking, I mean, by checking, definitely change. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. by check by checking those boxes, still to this day, as ridiculous as we think it is in the, this day and age, it's the only way to get the record to see. Okay, and thirty years ago, only ten percent of women were holding these jobs, and now we have we're up to twenty percent. And it, unless we keep checking those boxes off, or I mean, now we have and. 20% of blacks in this or Asians in this or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot has changed. If you, I was actually thinking about this the other day because I grew up watching like full house Sabrina and the teenage witch Saved by the bell. And I was like, okay, I think there's probably only if any, like one person of color on this show, but everybody else was, white like there was no indian there was no mexican there was no um middle eastern like none of that there was only a specific you know group of people and now that's not the case a lot lot of the shows were either a quote-unquote white show or a black show and you had right why you had the jeffersons and sanford and son and the cosby show which were i mean for the most part, the all black cast and then, and then the other ones. Um, and my, my son has watched friends to the point where you can turn the sound off and he'll narrate everyone's lines. Yep, yeah, I remember. It's ridiculous. He like, but he, <laughs> he, he saw an interview with, I guess the writers that they were saying, if the show was made today, there'd be at least one, if not two black characters of the main characters. Yeah. But then the but then the question goes when you look at how those six were so successful, which one do you take out? And if you just inserted a, a person of color in that role, would that character still be the same character? Or would they have to change something? Or now are you going to have eight friends in the group? And would that have been too many to in the show? And and oh. but it, but it, they said if if that show was made in today's age, there definitely would have been. Um, and I, I took a sociology course uh, a couple of years ago, and I think I was one of two people that were over 40 in the class. Uh, it was myself and uh, a, a black woman that was in the class, and everyone else was like the fresh out of high school in 1920. And we were mentioning something, and I said something to my professor who was, I mean, I describe her as Betty White. She was probably about that age and about that size, and but she you could tell she lived life it was a fun class and she had a lot of spunk but i mentioned archie bunker and the girl next to me leans over and says who like just youtube it and i don't know if you know much about archie bunker um go on youtube and look up archie bunker archie bunker would probably not be allowed on tv in today's day and age he was probably the most politically incorrect person out there very opinionated uh George Jefferson, mm-hmm. the, the, the show, George, you know, the Jeffersons, George yeah. Jefferson was his neighbor. So the Jefferson's TV show was a spinoff oh. of, of his. Um, okay. But there was, I mean, but same thing. I mean, it was, 
a lot of controversy about blacks and whites, about gun control, about men versus women and this and that. But I mean, it's the name of the show is all, all in the family, but it's, you'd probably recognize the theme song if you heard it, but it's, yeah, I, mean, I, I still think it's a, a funny show, but it's, uh, it's, you'd wonder if that character would be allowed on TV now or, or if any, I mean, producer whatever or or studio whatever say nope i'm staying away from this too too much controversy i know so much controversy especially now today with um the shows that are going to be coming out especially after black lives matter there's going to be a lot of changes in tv and film i mean i know right now that they're looking for content um from uh black creators and also lgbtq that's a very fresh topic right now and that's exactly what they're looking for as far as content for like new shows new movies you're going to see a lot of that in um the next year now how much going back to being authentic i mean these these big movie houses whether you're talking i mean fox thing and mgm or any of those as they're taking in these these storylines um whether it's a predominantly black or lgbtq or any of those how much are authentically taking these stories and saying you know what we want to get this message out there and how many are saying you know what i don't want to be the guy that's pushing it away so i'm going to take it um i i I now i ref high school soccer after coaching for so many years i joined the dark side so i was refing a jv game at a school and we started our match about five minutes before the varsity match and all of a sudden, in the middle of our match, they started playing the national anthem on the other field. So I just blew the whistle, pointed to the flag, and stopped because I wasn't going to be the guy in YouTube that didn't stop my match for the national anthem. Now, personally, I would have waited for it, and I've already told these coaches when I've gone back to this field. So to me, stopping was authentic, but at the same time, I did it because at this point, it was the whole uh, Colin Kaepernick like meal. Yeah, at that point, because I didn't want to be that ref that didn't stop the match. I and mean, again, authentically i would have done it so with these these storylines that they're going to push for having more and black directors and writers and having more and of the gay community being a predominant part of a story are do you think these studios are going to take it with an authentic heart or take it because you know what it's it it could make us money or you know what i'm not going to be the one Probably both, but I do know, like, as far as those shows, a lot of the writers' room do hire people. Let's say it's a show based on a transgender. They're going to hire people in that room to write it who who are transgender or who have experienced something similar because they want to bring that authenticity. So you're going to see if it's a story about a girl, let's say, from Saudi Arabia who's, like, escaping, like, being honor-killed, for example— you're going to see the authenticity of a writer who has had experience or grown up in an environment like that, because otherwise the story is going to be like fake, you know, because somebody could be watching it. Let's say I'm from Saudi Arabia, for example, and I'm watching the show and this girl is like getting killed by her family. And it just seems ridiculous I'm going to know because like, I grew up in that environment. I didn't personally, I'm saying hypothetically, right. I'm going to know right away. Just like cops do, like when they watch those cop movies, you're like, that guy doesn't know how to hold a gun. He didn't 
go to training for that, they know right away. It's the same thing with um, the black community, transgender community. You want people in that room who are going to bring you the truth of those stories. And that's yeah, by no, living you, them. You want to be- make them look as real as possible. I mean, exactly. that's like you, you've seen you've seen the movie the hunger games yes right i mean obviously I love it. obviously people listening to this won't see that photo but that photo the woman in blue that's katuna yes. that's katuna lorig she's a five-time olympian she trained wow. she trained jennifer lawrence how to shoot a bow for the hunger games so Stop she would, it. are you so, serious and and then that's my son practicing with her at outdoor nationals <gasps> wow. um, but, see, that's, but that's why she was so good at it but that's why and for you to watch the show and see someone just pull a bow back and release it, you're going to say, all right, they pull the bow back and release it. Where for me, that someone that competes in archery and coaches it, if it was just someone pulling the string and yanking on it, and don't you get me wrong, know. we've seen it. I mean, you you watch some of these, I mean, more in the comedy side than the than the drama side, but you watch a lot of these police and shoot them up movies. Mm-hmm. You count how many shots they take. Yeah. Uh, guns don't hold that many bullets half the time. I mean, right. so it, it's stuff like that. And it, it's... Sometimes it's fun. As soon as they start shooting, you just start counting, and it's like, nope, someone, someone missed that one. Uh, there was yeah, a movie. You, know, you, you can find stuff on uh, on YouTube where they see the mistakes. There was a movie where I forgot what it was, but a guy jumped through the ice with one type of gun, and but then as he shot the ice out so he can climb back up the ice, he actually had a different gun in his hand. And like some people have too much time to to. You can notice those things. To, to nitpick stuff like that, but it's yeah. Like you said, you you have to have. I mean, the the writers of Will and Grace, I think two two out of the three of them were gay, um, to make sure again it had the right because the you're going to bring that reality into the situation, and that's why research is so important or training, like how Jennifer Lawrence did for archery. That kind of stuff is important because you, especially as an actor or a storyteller, you want to bring that reality into the story otherwise why are you telling it because you don't want it to be a joke like if someone watches a movie that really somebody struggled let's say transgender grew up in the streets she was you know um maybe she was a call girl maybe she was on drugs or had a really rough life you want someone to tell that story who has either lived through it or knows someone or has researched a lot and interviewed people and heard their stories because that's gonna for someone who has been through that they're gonna be like i totally understand and then the person who hasn't been through that is gonna be like oh my god i have so much compassion and empathy for that person i I think the experience is definitely a big part and and even going even going with like education and stuff like i've i've coached for years in, in many different formats and uh you get people that learn something. I mean, people that can take a computer apart just from tinkering and know everything about it. And then you can have someone that goes to school and learns it. Sometimes just researching it isn't the same as the person who's done it all their life and has that hands-on experience. And a big thing now with, with baseball is what they call the analytics where the computer says, well, if this guy, I mean, I'm going to go sarcastic and extreme. Well, this guy pitching against right-handed batters on a full moon during a night game on a Sunday, when the temperature is below 60, he strikes them out this many times. So we need to go to the bullpen where back in the day, the manager just sits and says, you know what? My pitcher's still doing good. I'm going to leave them in. 
And that's it. It's a feel thing. It's not a numbers thing. And I was just listening to a Yankee podcast and they were talking about and the manager that pulled this pitcher out in the World Series and the pitcher was doing great. But the analytics says you don't let them pitch against the guys three times after the second time through the lineup, take them out and put someone else in. And then they got hit and lost the game because they went by they went by analytics and numbers and not the field. So when you get someone in, when you get a Katuna Lorigan who has the feel to, to show Jennifer Lawrence how to shoot a bow, when you have and the writers that are gay, that write willing grace, it's going to feel authentic. When you get people that have that hands-on experience rather than the person that just studied it and can remember what's in a book, I think that's definitely Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely 100% agree with that. And I feel like we could talk about this forever, but I think yeah. it's well, that, that time. That shows our authentic connection. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we, being authentic is the the main thing is, and just be you and let people like you or not like you. Exactly. You that are. is um, the message we're going to end with is be yourself, whether people like you or don't like you, just keep being the most authentic version of you. Yeah, sounds good. And as you can check us out on both Facebook and Instagram, at the power shift mindset and we look forward to hearing from you and please leave us a, a review uh, we're on both itunes and spotify and we'll see you next week yep thanks for listening thank you for listening to this episode of the power shift mindset we hope you enjoyed the show and would appreciate it if you could give us a like share and review please follow us on facebook and instagram We'll see you again soon.